Hello, everybody. It looks like we're live. Okay. We are trying to get this situated. Um, I am Danny Terrell. I am the curator for Central District Forum for Arts and Ideas, and I'm also the host of Intimate Conversations. We are doing a special intimate conversation titled The Whitening of African Dance. Uh, before we jump into conversation and we jump into bringing guests, I hope you all are doing well today. Um, I'm going to do our land acknowledgement. We at Central District Forum for Arts and Ideas would like to acknowledge that we are on the land of the traditional, we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle, the Duwamish people, past and present. And we honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. We acknowledge that we are on land that is stolen from the traditional home of the Coastal Salish people. The Duwamish ancestors were killed, brutalized, and stripped of their humanity. We lift up their work. We hold their pain and their joy as we honor them with our work today. Central District Forum for Arts and Ideas understands that we come from enslaved African people that endured countless hours of torture and humiliation both during and after the Middle Passage. We bring into this space the thousands of African ancestors that did not make it to see this land. The work we do today is on their backs and shoulders of the original people of this land and our ancestors who now guide us. We sit in this space to honor African people and their descendants and to give back to the original people of this land. To our ancestors, we thank you, we see you, we invite you into this space so we can lift up your names and honor you with our work today. CD Form. Central District Forum for Arts and Ideas is a nonprofit organization solely dedicated to presenting emerging Black arts, artists, and ideas in the Seattle area. We believe in the value of community, creativity, and passion. These values serve as our strategic frame and guide day-to-day -day operations and program decisions. We work inside of the historic Langston Hughes Performing Arts Institute, an ADA-compliant facility rich with culture and history, and that is in South Seattle, or I should say the Central District. So we are ready to start this conversation. Um, I'm gonna say this about this, this conversation before bringing our guest, is that I this conversation started, one, because I was just interested. I'm a dancer, I'm an artist. Um, I love African dance. I live in Seattle, Washington. And I was dancing in African dance. I was taking some classes, but also not feel, feel, feeling welcomed into the space. There was a lot of white folks in the space, a lot of white women in the space. And it just did not feel like a space for me. And after countless times of jumping in and out of African dance and trying to make the space work, it just did not feel welcoming. So I saw a post by someone and I was curious and read this long post about like, African dance and whiteness and black women. And so I put out a call to a few black women that I know within the African dance um, community in Seattle and was like, I want to do this conversation and very interested in it. And my sister, Lakima Bell was like, well, I'm actually starting a conversation and that's actually something that I'm working on. So we decided to collaborate together because when I don't want to repeat the work, I'm not in the African dance community the way that I would like to be. But again, I was just interested in having the conversation. So uh, Lakima and I decided to work together to bring this conversation to life. Um, she will introduce, once she comes on, she'll introduce the panel um, to you. And for me, I come from 
a, a strong line of black women and black women voices are always amplified, but rarely ever heard and respected. So the work that I, I tend to do and present and I'm involved in, I do everything in my power to make sure black women are at the center of the work that I do. I'm a queer non-binary black person. So I always bring black trans queer non-binary people into the space also. Those are the things that are extremely important to me personally. So the panel that you will see is not the panel that you would expect to see. This is a panel of hardworking black women. This is a panel of black women who are putting in work. And we're gonna have a second panel in October and that's gonna be a whole different group of panelists with some people that you'll see today. So before you ask yourself, well, who's not in the room and why wasn't this person, person invited? We also have to talk about, and we may not get to it today, the fact that most of the African classes that are taught by men, they're African men who are married to white women. So that also presents a problem. Um, and I bring these things up because I don't want to have a fake conversation. I don't want to have a conversation where we have to make sure that white people feel good and feel okay because African dance for a lot of us is a sacred space that is no longer sacred. And we will jump into that later. So I just want to set it up that if you feel that you're going to be in your feelings, you feel like, oh my God, feeling attacked. Don't look at us, look at yourself. Um, we have been ripped from who we were and we're just trying to get back to it. And so African dance do it, but I am not the one to speak so eloquently on it. I'm going to bring in a group of fantastic women that will be able to speak more eloquently on this. So first up, I'm going to bring in my co-moderator. I call her my sister. Um, I love her dearly. Lakima Bell, let's bring you into the space. Hello, Hello sister. Hello, brothers. Been a <laughs> this has been quite challenging. Uh, yes. Indeed, I am sitting in a bathroom, but we make it happen the way we need to make it happen. Ashe? Sometimes the best conversations come from the throne. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I thank you so much uh, for us partnering on this conversation. Uh, we know that we've had several conversations around uh, this particular topic, not only in Seattle, but throughout the uh, country with many other uh, dancers. And, and those, there's going to be some more folks coming in on the second conversation uh, to add to what we know is happening in this in the African dance arena around the uh, whitening of the space. So I'm just grateful to be able to have this conversation to be had. Uh, I want to introduce to you all our panelists. Uh, we have Makara Ebube, who is uh, my mother, queen mother, um, also has been in African dance for, uh, I believe, how old am I? I'm about to be 45, so at least almost 45. 50 years. She don't want to say that because she looked like she's 15. Um, but yes, I'm about to be 45. So she's been doing this for quite a long time. Um, and she has uh, taught African dance, um, performed African dance, both uh, nationally and internationally, also um, on the continent as well. Um, and she has been one of the pioneering African dance instructors here in Seattle, Washington. Um, and oftentimes, um, is sought out for her healing that she that she provides when she uh, touches the, the soil. So I want to introduce Makla Ebube, uh, my mother, Queen Empress, uh, the one who brings about healing. 
uh, utilizing African dance as the mechanism. So thank you, Queen, for being here. Appreciate hello. you. Hi, Danny. How are you? Hello, Mama Makita. How are so you? Good to see you. Good to oh see my God. you. This is just wonderful. I'm just so excited. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm very glad to be here with everyone. All of you all are fantastic kings and queens. And this is an awesome experience that we are, are partaking. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to build on it. Uh, it's an important conversation. We must have it. Uh, and I'm sure that is in a lot of hearts and minds. Uh, this is the time uh, based on the true trifactor that has occurred uh, with the COVID uh, inclusive to the environment, uh, bringing up uh, disruption and the uh, major aspect of racism on a global level, along with uh, the importance of bringing the awarenesses necessary so that we all can go forward and we can all heal, because that's what we all are here to do. And this is that moment. This is what I will say is a black 11, if you will, that this mm. is the time that we bring forth what needs to be brought forth in the voices that's necessary in order for this work to be recognized and respected. And I will say Ashe. Ashe. Ashe, thank you, Queen Makata. We also have Samaya Joe who has been teaching African dance throughout the country as well, uh, internationally known in her forum, dance with one, most of the greatest uh, dancers as well as my <laughs> So happy she acts as my mother, sister, auntie, cousin, and them. Uh, and extremely grateful to have her at the platform. Uh, welcome, Samaya Jope. Yay! Assalamu alaikum. How's everyone? Welcome, salam. Hey, Queen. Yes, yes. Blessing to see you. I'm happy to see my sister Makeda. I'm happy to be here with my sister, daughter, friend, her daughter, Lakima. We have a very uh, interesting relationship. The, the, th the three effect, right? The third effect, which is very important in numerology. And we don't know how we got here, but we're here. And Lakima is a glue. She is the glue that holds these pieces together. And so we have to lift her up. And I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be talking with Danny. This is really, uh, it's yes. been a long time. I remember when long time. first came on the scene in the dance in Seattle and always so excited, always so focused, always so attentive, always so humbling. You know, and entering the space with that humility is one of the things we're going to talk about. But I'm happy to be here. Uh, it's in love that we come together always. Yes. Like Sister Makada said, it's 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 part of the healing, you know, and the and uh, and the discovery and development of, of always moving forward while bringing the past with us. You know, being the best that Sankofa. So I'm excited to be here. And we are now doing the ultimate dance, aren't we? The shifting of bodies with this with this respiratory thing. You know, I don't even know what to right. call it. I'm not, yeah, we speak life, right? We have to speak life, but 
we're doing the ultimate dance so that we're oh, going to talk about dance and African mm. dance is of utmost importance. Absolutely. Because everyone is dancing now. Everyone is dancing in hijab. Check yes. that out. <laughs> they got their mouth covered. So, and the bodies are, the bodies are speaking. And so I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Ashe, uh, thank you. And we'll be having Dr. Orishade Awadola will be coming. She has another class, but once we get into right. the There she is. Right now. Watch out there. As she speaks. Yes. Hello, Dr. Thank you for coming. Mm -hmm. Right on. So Dr. Uh, Arishide Awadola uh, has a doctorate in psychology. She is also the founder of Root Psychology. She also te teaches ancestral healing. Uh, and there will be more information around uh, what she does, but really connecting the roots from the severance of the Ma'afa, the transatlantic slaves trade, knowing that a tree cannot grow once the roots have been severed. A limb can be broken off and grow again, but once the roots are severed, then there is no more tree. She is the one who are helping those of the African diaspora get back to connecting their roots and therefore growing that tree, that connection back to the continent. I'm truly grateful for having you on board. Thank you. Okay. I say, okay, Danny, I'm going to hand it over to you for the first questions. As you know, I still have to get it together on this end. I think the doctor wanted to say something. Yes, doctor. <laughs> well, thank you, um, Lakima, for uh, inviting me to this space and place that binds ancestral families and uh, communities. Um, communication and healing through our through sound rhythm of spirit and soul, mm -hmm. and um, I just wanted to acknowledge that. And um, the reason they're laughing is because I don't dress up; <laughs> I always wear a t-shirt. So oh, yes, this is an in important honor of you and your mother. I decided to <laughs> at least look the part. <laughs> and put on lipstick. So anyway, <laughs> I just want to say Modupe and it's an honor to be here. Thank you Thank so you, much. Thank you, Doctor. Yes. Um, so this question is not on the list of questions I gave you because I realize this is intimate conversations, and I want to keep with the 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 first question that I always ask all of our guests. And so the first question is. What are you bringing into the space and who are you bringing into the space? Um, we know as Black folks, we have energy and people around us all the time, our ancestors. And me and Samaya was talking about this earlier today. My mom is with me today. And so I just want to know what energy are you bringing into the space and or who are you bringing into the space with you? We're going to start off with that, honoring, honoring our folks. Uh, let's start with uh, Makada, Mama. Oh, Danny, <laughs> um, if I understood your question, 
you're asking what do I bring in the space and to whom I bring in the space with me? Yes. That question gets a lot of folks every time I ask it. We want to make, we want to be real clear <laughs> with how you phrase that, which is very well. Thank you. Um, I bring myself as a melanated woman uh, into the, to the place in the space. Uh, I recognize uh, dance, African dance, uh, from a real indigenous place. Yes, tradition is, is highly important. Learn what you need to learn and know what you need to know. But on an indigenous level, it, it vibrates in all aspects of my being. I'm bringing my ancestors with me every time I come in. And now my son is part of that ancestral uh, mm. calling that I bring it with, with me, who he was a master drummer and still is in the spirit. I come in to connect to other sisters who are just like me, other brothers who is just like me. Mm. Why? Because we have to. And this is how we bring back together the wholeness of the self so we can be our best selves as we continue to move forward. This is how I come in to connect to the drum, to the movement, to the rhythm, to the energy, to the continuation of how we as a collective bring ourselves back whole. I come in to heal. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, let's move that question on to the beautiful doctor. I, I bring to the space the all. I, I represent all of them. So that, that's 2,000 plus strong if you go all the way back. I mean, I, I, it's not just one. There's many whose shoulders I stand on to do this work. So I'm a representation of that DNA, that African DNA that you talked about. And so that's who I bring into the space. Thank you, thank you. And Samaya. Yeah, that's a deep question. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that one. I was, I was looking at the questions on my phone. So, um, so thank you for that because it, it's, uh, I have to go a little deeper. Um, and it's who are you and what do you bring into the space? Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. What are you bringing into the space? Who are you bringing oh, into the space? Who am I Any of those. Space? Of course, I, I, I follow what everyone has already said. Uh, the ancestors, I, I bring uh, specifically the, the woman lineage uh, of, the, of the storyteller, of the holder, of the keeper of the cultures. I come in with uh, the griot. I come in with Anjali. Uh, uh, I I call. I come in um, humbly. Uh, and what I'm bringing is is uh, soul. I'm bringing soulfulness. I'm bringing curiosity. 
I'm bringing education. I'm bringing uh, humility. Uh, I'm bringing love and patience. Uh, And they are here with us. They 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 help us. I'm bringing. It's just a, a mark of the said the indigenous spirit, knowing that the past, the present, and the future are all simultaneously operating in one space, but not one dimension. So, I'm bringing in that curiosity. I'm here to listen as much as I am to talk. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you all for um, setting the tone. Um, Lakima, what are you bringing into this space and who are you bringing into this space? Um, I'm bringing in the space, you know, particularly today as my mother spoke, my brother Kareem Bell. I'm also bringing in Corrine Fitchu. Um, I'm also bringing in Zenobia Cotton. Those are both of my uh, grandmothers and then also my brother. I also stand on over 10,000. Uh, strong, so I'm bringing those folks in the room as well, um, and I'm bringing in um, I'm bringing in love. I'm bringing in, as Samaya said, education. Uh, my hopes for this this conversation is one to begin the healing from different experiences that I have had um, in the African dance arena. Uh, through whiteness, um, and also to bring around and to bring awakening for those that may not intentionally mean to cause harm, but are causing harm due to their indoctrination of superiority. Uh, And want to know that it is not about you, but it's definitely about um, how you show up in the room um, and therefore how that energy dictates the flow of the room and 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 whether or not that room is accepting um, and open. Uh, so that that's what I'm bringing. I'm bringing education. I'm bringing love, and I'm bringing the connection um, and the continuity of the ancestors before me, uh, so that it can be so that I can keep and ensure the pathway for the generations to come. I'm very. very um, it's very important that my children be able to have their their history transferred over without any interruptions and without the perpetuation of interruptions that have occurred um, in the past 500 years. That's who I, that's who I am. That's what I will continue to be. Ashe. Ashe, thank you. Thank you all so much for that. Um, whew, breathe. Uh, thank you all for your comments. <laughs> Right, right. And conversation is done. Go deal with yourself after that. The conversation is done. Um, uh, thank you all for your comments. Uh, I don't have to say make comments because you all are making comments. Continue to make comments. Uh, thank you all for affirming this conversation, those that are watching. Um, This conversation is called The Whitening of African Dance. As we know, um, the African classes that I've been to that have not been in Seattle, um, in Oakland and other places, there have been predominantly 
black women born in the United States in those classes. So that's a different feel. That's a different like energy that happens. There's a safety there for our bodies. Um, there have been places, um, especially in Seattle, that's where most of us live right now and other places that those classes are predominantly white women. So we already have a lack of black male bodies taking these classes, black out queer bodies taking these classes. And then in Seattle, we have a lack of black women born in the United States taking these classes. And I make that difference between African people and, uh, that was born on the continent and black folks that were born in the United States. Because as we know, and again, I'm just gonna be my honest self, is that white folks view African folks on the continent completely different than they view black folks here born in the United States. So I know I'm throwing a lot of layers <laughs> on this already, but let's make that distinction and let's be clear about that. Um, so I say that all to say in setting up, why is this conversation important to you all? Uh, Lakima, you, you started as you go yeah. first. Oh no, who wants to go first? Go doctor. <laughs> no, repeat that, repeat no, that question. Mine. No, pardon me? So the, the question what? is, why is this conversation important to talk about the whitening of African dance and breaking down of uh, these spaces so they can feel more whole and complete and safer for black bodies that were born in the United States? I'm going to say, I'm going to say healing. We cannot heal with white people. Let's get this straight. Too many times we dance around it, we can't assemble. You know, okay, I've got to be really, really um, diplomatic here. Oh, no, I don't have to be diplomatic. No. <laughs> uh, let me say this. We need these places because we need to heal our soul. Mm. There is something called human beings and humans. Everybody don't have a soul. You may have a spirit, but you don't have the soul. The soul is the melanin. That's the seat of the soul. That's where the rhythm is. That's where the flow is. Everything is with sound and rhythm. Why is it? I could ask the question. Why is it that everything we do has to be imitated? And not allow us to have these safe spaces. Well, think you don't allow us to have these safe spaces. I'm gonna let this go because I got lots to say, but the ancestors arising recognize. Thank you. I should. I should. Oh, I'm, I'm like, you co-moderating. I'm trying to get my thoughts together. So, Lakiba, you you move this train along. All right. So, <laughs> say, say the question again, because we went deep. Say the question. <laughs> um, I don't even know what the question was, no more. I like. I have like five other questions. I, I, I'd like to go. Well, I'd like <laughs> yeah. to go. Okay. So I think I think for me, and we all going to speak from our own experiences. And there's not a generalization that is going, we are women. So of course we're multidimensional, we're not homogenized, and we come from many different experiences and levels. My, the reason it's important for me 
is because as in most interactions and experiences with Europeans, over time, the narrative, the true narrative of whatever it is we are studying, they're studying, changes. And it all oftentimes changes without our voices at the table, like you said, Danny, when you first opened up, that our voices are amplified but not respected when we speak. Because you could be in a meeting with, with, with two bobs, this is what they call them in Senegal, two bobs, even they call black people two bobs, because it's a certain way we come to the situation as Americans, how we've been, like Lakima said, indoctrinated. So the reason that this, this, this conversation is important because it's important that we're always at the table and that we come to the table together and that we don't have to sit at the table by ourselves when these things come up. When black women come together and we, we unify our voices together, then it moves energy. So we know through our experiences and interactions with Europeans that once the narrative is taken out of the community, it changes. So that the children that Lakima is talking about, the children that we're in the classrooms educating, they have no connection to African dance. Why? Because when they sing funga in the schoolhouse, it's white teachers teaching funga. This is unacceptable. This is what I have found. Funga comes from Pearl Primus, Asadada Defora, and Chief Bay in New York, a collaboration. The reason Funga is so important to the African woman in America is because it comes from the diaspora Africans. And when I go into the schools and the children are singing Funga because it's in a book that a European has written because they got hold of the narrative, it's all changed. So when I come in as uh, African women in America doing funga or whatever other ballet I've learned from at the feet of the masters, I'm the one that's an exception rather than the rule because the European has taken the narrative and it changes over time. And so that's why it's important. I don't mean to get so you know emotional and excited, but that's a tangible outcome. It's not emotional. These things happen. And that black women unified, a unified voice allows us to come together. We can't go separate because they don't listen. Right. You sit in there by yourself, then it, it, something happens to them. The whiteness comes over. <laughs> the whiteness comes over them. And whiteness is not a color. It just happens they're that color. Whiteness is a state of mind and a centering mm. of a certain ideology. And when we're by ourselves, uh, okay. so, sorry, I'll move on now, but just know what you yeah. No, 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 no. please, no, please continue. That's please why I'm continue. That. That's uh, why it's important. Yeah, please continue. Yeah, I'm gonna so mix it the market. I wanna say this, there are gonna be many people that do not understand a lot of this context and the conversations that are happening. You are going to get, you know, you may feel offended and all kinds of things. What we want you to do is to be able to receive the information and not react to the information. And if you need to seek out more information, then contact 
Dr. Olushide Awadola. That's why she's a doctor in psychology. She can be able to explain the information that she is giving. Great Did that come across too strong? Let me clear that up. Um, no, can, I'm not. Can, no, 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 no. Because that sounds like that's a yeah, I like that. I like I'm you're apologizing for me. I did no, that come I'm not apologizing. No, no, don't okay. start. I'm not apologizing. Okay. I'm being clear okay. with everybody in the audience that okay. they have to be able to sit with what is being said and do not react. This space is for our healing and our conversation. And oftentimes this conversation does not show up or come up in this way because of the verb, the visceral uh, reactions that others outside of the African diaspora feel and if, if and then attack. So I want to be clear that, that this is for the healing of the African diaspora folks here. So what I'm saying for why this conversation is important to me and important to have is because through my experiences, uh, there has been the ostracizing of the black woman in African dance, especially in this in Seattle, Washington. I'm going to give an example of what has happened to me and why you do not see me in these spaces because they're not safe. I'm talking about they're not safe spaces for me. So I have been in African dance since I was over, I think I was four years old. Um, and here in Washington, I can give you an example of what has occurred. When I was, I had twin children, twin boys, and I had a daughter about two and a half years old. I went back to an African dance class with the twins. If everybody knows me, you know they were in the stroller because the twins would just boom, they would just run in different directions. And if it's just me and I have my daughter, I, I can't catch every child. So they would stay in the stroller. And I was coming back to African dance for my healing. African dance for me is the way that I commune with the most high. It's the way that I come from the physical realm and transcend to the spiritual realm. So it's not something that I do because it's fun. Yes, it's fun. It's not something I do for fitness. Yes, it's great fitness. It's something I do to reconnect to my ancestors and utilizing that connection to connect to the most high. That's what African dance is for me. It is my spiritual practice. Okay? Mm. Um, and so it's very important that that spiritual practice does not get interrupted by the perpetual dominance of what whiteness does in that space, right? So what happened? One thing, I had the children. I was told the children were sitting there. They were crying a little bit, um, and I'm dancing. Um, I'm also post, you know, I just had the baby, so postpartum, you know, had a little bit of that. I got mm. taken aside by a white man mm. who uh, is in, you know, in the arena. He drums and he helps support many of our continental Africans. Um, mm -hmm. So he felt that he had the authority to tell me that I shouldn't come to the class with my children. Um, and so that hit me very hard, right? Because now I have this dominant um, narrative happening again in a space that's supposed to be for us, about us, right? Mm. In any African culture, if you go to any African Black community, you'll see that we're not separated. Our children are with us. Our elders are with us. There is no separation. 
But in the dominant culture, it's separated by age group. There's the toddlers here and the youth here, and they separate. That's not how we are. We're a communal cultural people. So in that moment, I knew that I was not safe. Mm. I knew that I was not safe. So I left and didn't come back because I needed to make sure that my children are welcomed and I am welcomed wherever I'm sorry I am. That, that experience. That's so tough. This is what this conversation is about. That's this tough. conversation is about right. what whiteness has done in our spaces. And I have several more, right? And the trauma it caused. And therefore, I'm feeling isolated. I feel mm. dismissed in mm. my own culture. Again, from a culture that has been taken from us, from a culture where you would be killed to play drums, where we Absolutely. had to use the spoons, where we had to you know, invent tap dance to be able to still have the rhythm of the drum. And right. once we now connecting back to that rhythm that has been to, that, to, to our connection to our ancestors and our culture, it again is being in, intruded upon, right? It is again being uh, perpetuated, this block of this connection. And that's what I'm here to talk about. So, so I wanna, I I wanna make sure we, thank you, uh, Lakima. Um, I, before we um, move on to Makata, cause I would like Makata to answer that question. Um, just for myself, as a black person, as a queer person, and I am thankful for the platforms that I get to create and curate. I don't ever want black women to feel that they have to taper their voices, their anger, their rage, their joy, and their love to make anybody feel any type of way. Samaya, it is not an apology. We need to know and hear your experience. We need to feel what that has done for you because part of this conversation for me is that people need to understand what is happening when people don't show up anymore. People need to understand why people move out of community. People need to understand why black women no longer show up and they don't have the energy to save anybody anymore. Mm. So, I don't want anyone on this panel to feel like they need to apologize for anything. And if people are bold enough to remove things from your life, money, finances, opportunities, that shows you how racism works. Yeah. You all are here listening to four extremely elevated, educated, intelligent black women that don't have to do this work but they are doing this work yet again. So you all <laughs> can get closer to understanding who you all are. This healing work did not have to happen on this platform, but this is what we, me and Lakima chose to do. So now you hold the mirror up to yourself as you listen to them and you look at yourself and you decide if you want this world to change. Don't look at these women on this platform feeling like they should have said something differently. Look at yourself and decide what it is that you need to do differently. So when you see a black woman with her children coming into a class, you understand that it is their space also. Makata. Ashe. <laughs> Ashe. 
Wait, hold on, Michael, one second. Absolutely. There you go. There you go. Okay. Um, yes, I want to speak on it in regards to energy. When we come into a black space, and I'm talking an African space, I'm talking with the traditional drums. I'm talking with the movement that absolutely is untainted. That is pure love yeah. and essential information essential. for our melanated self to recode, if you will, our DNA back to its original state of greatness and to have many different kinds of interruptions, whether known or unknown, very real. I'm originally from Oakland, California, and I started dancing, African dance in Oakland, California. Mm -hmm. So I do know of those black spaces mm -hmm. with no interruption, if you will. Uh, from anybody but ourselves being there together, collectively learning and uh, relearning our information uh, from the continent, from our ancestors, from God, and mm -hmm. reconnecting in a whole way. And then when I moved here to Seattle, the experience was different. And I understand that it's changed in many places, even Oakland now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, with that be, being said, it doesn't take away the absolute necessity for us to collectively vibrate together without the interruption so that we can key in to the information because it's not just a kinesthetic experience. It's not just about the step. Mm -hmm. There's information in the movement. Mm. And you must get as close as you can to the drum, to your sisters and your brothers. So the melanated codification can occur. Mm. The movement is a part of it, or I would say the step is a part of it, mm -hmm. but it is definitely not all of it. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be clear that there's more in the room than just what is seen with the naked eye. Mm. And so with that being said, is many things that is happening uh, that has not been clearly addressed when we do have white people in the space of, of blackness. Let me say it that way. So for example, uh, if you are having a conversation, it's three Black people talking and they are vibing up some wonderful, juicy conversation and all of a sudden somebody white come in and they start talking about whatever. But what we recognize is that the energy immediately dissipates. And so where, where you were escalating to, it, it, it ceased. That happens on the floor as well. So for me personally, I position myself in different ways when I'm in the, in the room mm. to make sure 
that I have that direct connection without mm. interruption. Let me be clear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that was very clear, That was Yes, yes. That was very clear. Um, Yes. I, I want to I want to center on the aspect of healing for a minute. Um, again, if you are a black person that was born in the United States, um, you seek some type of healing because you understand that some cultural ritual things that was in the United States are not a part of who you are. And so if you are connected to Africa in a particular way, the drumbeat, the movement, the, the, the clothing, the colors, that is a connection that you try to seek. And so I bring out to say, to say in the healing aspect, what happens with black healing once whiteness takes over a space? Hold on one second, doctor. There, wait, hold on. I'm going to unmute you. There you go. Wait. Okay. You're unmuted, doctor. Go. <laughs> I, I'm going to say, uh, start off, let me let you know, when you say I'm a psychologist, I am not a clinical psychologist because there's no such thing. It exists. But clinical psychologists... All psychologists, I would say, well, let me tell you, what I learned is why I am a root psychologist. Hmm. And a root psychologist is trained in African tradition. Hmm. And that is because I realized that mental disorders, as defined in the DSM, are and I, I got to clarify this for people, a result of acculturation and assimilation. Mm. They have no science to back them up. They are voted on as disorders. That is why I refuse to be part of that system. And I realized by doing ancestral healing workshops, and so on that people were beginning to heal. And that healing comes about by touching some substantial base of who you are in your lineage. And so what, what black people suffer from is dysfunctions. The dysfunctions are a direct result of, while our history did not begin with slavery, our trauma did. Hmm. That trauma is passed on generation to generation to generation. Even in our African-centeredness is the acculturated and assimilated condition of what we think is Black. That's how deep it is. Mm -hmm. So the conflict comes between the spirit and the soul because that's who we are. I mm. spent five to 10 years, uh, me and Namakada Ebube, with Baba Tundi Olatunji, master drummer. Mm. And one of his things was rhythm. And he said, the will alone is great, 
and nothing gives away before it. So you can have the will to do a thing, but if you're not spiritually grounded, and I'm not talking religion, I'm not talking tradition, I'm talking about know thyself. If you cannot connect to the cosmos and nature and come in alignment, there will be no balance and you will continue to live the lie as Henry Berry spelled out in the Virginia legislation of 1832, close the door that they cannot recognize any part of light inside of them. As, as, as Charles Carroll in his book, The Negro as a Beast, these are things, and I understand, and I am unapologetically black, and I understand that what white people suffer from is ancestral guilt. Now, there were some abolitionists, but everything comes with a price. And we sold our souls during slavery. For some of us, the only way we could survive. So until this country, just this country, has to say, yes, we did that, own it. And don't tell us you wanna help us. Don't tell us about the Holocaust. Don't tell us that until you can recognize the trail of tears. Mm. Don't tell us about your country when you stole it and took a continent of a whole nother people to build where a whole nother people already were. Don't continue to idolize your shrines that you call ours voodoo because you don't know what voodoo is and witchcraft came from London with Francis Galton to South America to South Africa because you didn't understand our spiritual tradition. Because you know that that is the only thing that we that heals us. So you stripped us not only from our names and our lineages and our peoples and our mothers and grandmothers and brothers and sisters. You stripped us from our rhythm, from the drum that we get from the tree, which simulates the heartbeat of the soul. Everything begins with sound. So you began to imitate us and you went into command and you colored it Egypt. And then you said it all started in Greece and you took the deities that we had named, or I say energies, because you call them deities, white people, because you don't even understand what that means. And you cannot, I know, I'm not, you know, I'm far from being biased. This is a fact. And you can believe what you want, but the fact don't never change. Because until you can admit that it started in Kush by way that, that, traveled on to Nubia, they traveled on to Kemet, now Ethiopia, what you call Egypt, trying to make Egypt Euro-Asia, there's a problem with that. So when white people want to know the why, I think that history has to be revisited. There's two Egypts. There's the Eurocentric base, and Martin Bernal, Italian scholar, talked about it. And then the lady came, um, um, Mary, Mary, I can't think, Lefowitz, Lefowitz, and she told him he, he was wrong. What is it 
that you continue to color the history and you say this thing about history, but we don't even have black psychology in any educational curriculum unless it's an elective. That is why I founded the Institute of African-Centered Thought. And it's so bad, it's so deep that you don't even, white people don't even have to dismiss you. They'll have black people, the overseers do it. That's a whole nother ball game. And I'm gonna close on this note because I know people need to say some things but when we were with Baba Tunji Olatunji, he had a white drummer who followed him for 30 years. And then his wife right here in Seattle started a white African dance company and not no black people were in it. And that is what their history is. But John Henry Clark said, what we ended up doing out of that pain and trauma we imitate the imitator imitating us. Mm. I'll close on that note for now. I, oh, okay. I, I'm trying to hold it together. I'm just like, I'm in tears. I am grateful. I am. Um, yes. Um, the question was, and maybe we need to move on to another question because it was answered beautifully. Um, in these classes, when black bodies are in these classes, what happens when whiteness comes in? What happens to our healing? I, I don't even know where to go from here because that was just, that was, thank you. Thank you, doctor, for, for that. Lakima, what you, how you want to move forward? I'm just like... I would love to hear from Makita and, and Samaya if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, so we can go ahead and, you know, please, Empress Makita, Queen, Empress Samaya, if you all have uh, something to add to that conversation. I'm feeling grateful and immersed, uh, you know, listening to my mothers, my elders provide the information. I hope and pray, um, as I did before this and as I will do after this, that those that need this information is receiving it, is hearing it, um, because that's where the healing starts, right? That's where the healing starts. So um, either one of you all want to answer that question, please do. I think that, uh, I think that healing is ongoing. Hmm. I think healing is ongoing, and I think there's a portion of the healing that happens in that oppression. And I think that uh, when I... When I first started dance, um, I don't want to get as philosophic about it as I am experiential, because I can speak from my experience. When I, I found dance, I, I started dance as a tap, tapper. My parents, my mother put me in tap classes. Those were the first dance classes that I had. I then moved on to ballet, modern, jazz. I, was, I came into African dance Specifically, when we talk about whiteness in African dance, we're also, from my perspective, we're talking about Senegal and Guinea specifically, because we don't necessarily see white folks in Ethiopian dance. We don't, you know, that whiteness does, is not translated everywhere. So when this, to me, is a call to the African community in America and the continental African that there is a, a legacy to preserve 
and that there has to be a unified front between African-American, the African woman born in America, and the African born on the continent. When I first came into African dance, I lived in Los Angeles and I went in a place called the jungle. I heard the, I heard the call on the radio, Roger Stephens. I'd listen to reggae every Saturday morning. And when I first heard the call, it was at a place called the jungle. Now that jungle is featured in the, in the movie Training Day, where Denzel Washington has a woman, he's a dirty cop and he goes in the jungle and there's one way in the jungle and one way out of the jungle. And it's all black dominant, it's gentrified today. But at the time that I came into African dance, that was the only African dance class. It was in the jungle. I had to go through the jungle to get to the, the community center, deep, deeply embedded in the community, African dance. There, were no, there was no whiteness there. That began my healing. That began my healing. When you say, who am I bringing into? That healing began there, came out into the community, spilt over with, when I walked into the room, there were, there were brothers drumming, there were sisters dancing, there were babies crawling all over the floor. That was community. There was no whiteness there. There was a collective, cohesive, like Sister Makata said, code. We were coded in there. This was the beginning of the healing, a conscious healing. And it was, it was through that experience that brought me all the way to a little town in Senegal called Tuba. Called Tuba, where the mystics gather to pray. From the jungle, I went to Tuba through dance, culture, song, drum. And in that little town called Tuba, where the mystics gathered to pray, because there was no whiteness there, present, they couldn't, they couldn't identify me as black. They identified me by what was in my heart. And that was the first time that I realized that I could be identified with something other than a black woman. And that changed my trajectory. It changed everything. It verified and confirmed that there is a God and that God comes for us. And it came through me, through the dance. So when I come into African dance classes, I ask that the white people who are coming in do the homework before you go to the class. Know what's in the class. Do the homework. Don't come just to take. What are you bringing? What are you bringing to us and to the dance? The dance doesn't belong to anyone. It belongs to the earth and it belongs to those who have been called to express it. So a white girl coming in the class, if she knows where the one is, I ain't got a problem with it because she put some work in. If she don't know where the and one is and can't deal with my and one when we get inside the circle, then there's a problem because the dance belongs to those that it calls. It called me from the jungle to that little town in Tuba where the mystics gathered to pray. That's him, Sheikh Amadou Bamba. And he's an 18th century mystic that fought the French colonizers through his prayer. 
So when people enter the space, all people, black, white, purple, pink, yellow with polka dots, know that you're entering into the space, like my co-panelists have said, through a spiritual portal. Do the homework. Because there are blessings to have. And as dancers, we are, black women are the gatekeepers in here, in America. Because if it hadn't come through the jungle, it couldn't exist in Seattle. If it doesn't come through black women, <laughs> it came through us first. It was because we were called to it that it then spread. And we can claim that, right? We can claim that. And, and we're ancient people. And all we ask is that we are respected as ancient people. Hmm. We are ancient people. So this neg negating black women in dance class and just coming to take wherever it, it shows itself, because it's not just in dance. We're having this conversation because it's everywhere. Education, healthcare, name it, it is. But we're ancient people. And so we want to be respected as ancient people. Right. Ashe. Thank you, Ashe. Um, Maka, I do want to move on to you. Um, and But before we do, I just wanted to um, hit something that you said, Samaya, and you can leave everybody on, on screen sharing. I remember going to a, a dance ritual, and it is an Aztec Mexican ritual, and I may be saying that wrong. And the thing I understood is that they were getting ready in spirit to do this ritual. I was invited by someone part of the group. The thing that I did, I did not enter the space until I was asked to enter the space. I did not enter the space until the space was opened up to me. I did not participate in the ritual until the people that it was their ritual, their practice, gave me permission to, to do that. And I had to sit back and take that in and take in what they were actually saying and doing so I could prepare my body to enter their space, mm. not my space. Mm. Not the fact, yes, I was invited in by somebody, but I was waiting until I was actually invited in. And I would not have been invited in if my spirit was not right. Mm. Come on, man. But then dance for me is a spiritual practice. Yes. Be it African ballet, modern, those different dance styles. So, so the thing that you said, Samaya, I really appreciate is just like, you have to understand what you're walking into because you taking over space can directly affect somebody's healing. You don't know why a black body showed up into that class. With so many killings of black people happening, so many black people, you don't understand what a black person needs. So when you come into that space and you decide that it's your space and that you want to take over and you want to disrespect black bodies, understand that you are directly messing with healing. That's what I'm going to say on my part, Makara, I'm going to open it up to you. Thank you, Dan. Ashe, Ashe. Um, I would like to piggyback on already what's been said. Um, when you come into the black space, and it is a black space. African dance is a black space. Although everyone can do it and that's fine. Uh, however, one indulges 
uh, in the interaction with the uh, the tradition, what have you. Some people may see it as, you know, an art form, which it is. And if you look at it deeper, everything about life is is art. Is is how you participate. Oh. But the thing that I will say is that it's two things that, that comes clear to me. When you come into an African dance class, you want to know that we as Africans are from the diaspora, what have you, is not coming in with a left brain position. Mm. That is what we are attempting to leave. Hashem. We're coming in with our hearts. And with the inner knowingness that we are about to receive the medicine necessary so we can continue forward in reconnection and our collective greatness. And if that is not acknowledged, what happens is an interruption. And so the thing that's necessary is for, uh, I'm saying white people to work on taking the left brain and bringing, my, my mic is, can you, everyone hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm being heard. Okay. Um, is to bring the mind with the heart and allow for the marriage to occur. Mm. So the humbleness can occur and you don't come in with a conquering mentality. Mm. And that would change the vibration in the room immediately. And then what you may interpret that you want to know, it will come a lot more like a flow, like a river. Mm. Mm. And therefore, you would make room for everyone to bloom. That's important. Yes. If you come in with a conquering mentality, yes. you're going to tend to cut people off, jump in front, try to get as much as you can, don't leave anything. We're going to feel that. That's going to be immediate. So the work is really, really, really internal. And you have to be conscious that we have a whole brain. The left brain is not the number one. Whole brain thinking is very important when you enter in black spaces. Right. And that would make it way more medicinal and healing for all. Because here's two things we want to recognize. Not only are we attempting to heal as African people on this soil, we have to do that in the midst of others 
who may not want to see that happen. And then for us, we have to deepen the levels of he he healing within ourselves with people that look like us, because there right. is something called internal oppression. So there's levels to this Absolutely. experience. Mm -hmm. and we want to be able to be deep and wide enough to recognize that we want to look at, assess, and be able to extract the best and lead the rest. That is very clear <laughs> that if we all are attempting to heal, that we have to be more aware. So this is something that I would suggest leaving on the table to think about taking left brain concepts hmm. and marry that information with the right brain, bringing it into the heart. And I believe that that would be some medicine that can come into the room. Thank you. Thank you. I know, Doctor, you had a comment to make. Um, and before you do that, just I know we have a lot of comments and people. Thank you for making uh, the comments that you're making. Um, thank you for adding to the conversation. Again, I know that like this conversation for some is opening up things a lot bigger. Uh, we cannot get to everything. This is just we are scratching the surface. Uh, we want to dig as deep as possible. I also want to make sure that we are aware of people's time. Um, and all of those things. We're going to have a second conversation. If you don't live in Seattle, have your own conversations. Invite us in. We'll come support you also. If you are white people, have your own conversations and don't invite us. Y'all just do that work yourself. Like, just do the work yourselves. If you are black folks living in Oakland or New Orleans or LA, invite us into the conversation. Yes, we just we we want to support you all. Again, we're just scratching the surface, and I know we have a lot of beautiful comments, and the people have a lot to say. Keep saying it. So I don't want you to think that we're about to heal the world in African dance at this moment. We are not. We are just opening up. Doctor, go ahead. I, I want to say, um, Catherine, piggybacking off of what Mark just said uh, when she was talking about the. Um, coming in with the hearts is that Catherine Dunham mm. said, go within daily and find inner strength so that the world will not blow out your candle. Mm. Now, um, Catherine Dunham is known for her, and I'm not, you know, I can, I used to could dance a little bit, but that's not my area. Uh, however, I'm very drawn to Dumbala and Ah, the uh, Yamvalu. And those were Catherine Dunham's strength. And what those names, those dances are, and Makati can speak more of that. But my point is, if someone asked to define whiteness, well, you know, to define whiteness is to understand that in that Eurocentric thought process is the disrespect that you shared about getting permission to enter the space, it comes with the predisposition of privilege, whether you're aware of it or not. You know, my first dance experience was when uh, Makado uh, was teaching, and that was 20-something years ago, and I thought I was going to go in there and, you know, because I could dance real good at that time. And uh, I came to understand that that was a soul process and now i understand that 
it really is a soul process. And so in order to understand where the energy lies within the soul and how how that uh oh, what happens? You're breaking up. Uh oh, you froze. Behavior. She's breaking up. Does she break up on you guys? Yeah, she froze for me. Yeah, she froze a little bit. Can you hear me? There she is. Can you hear me? There she come. Yeah. What I'm saying is that we always that slave mentality that thought of poverty that comes from the plantation mentality. We always feel that we have to apologize. We don't want you to get upset. This is just a conversation. Get upset. You ought to get upset. You ought to recognize that if it wasn't for us, the world wouldn't exist. Because Africa didn't just birth people. The continent. And this. Hold on one second, doctor. You are you are frozen right now. Um, it's okay. We will get you back. This is where we understand how that rhythm moves. And the thing about sound. Uh-oh. Well, it's okay. It, it's, yeah. it's, you know how this works. This is tech. Yes. We're moving into a whole new world. We will bring her back. Absolutely. Uh, we will, we will definitely bring the, the good doctor back. Um, I, there you are say this and um i mean really listen to this we talk about dance and rhythm can you hear me yes yes Yes. went out for a little bit but it's all it's all good keep going it it always happened that's the energy of some contrite spirit (laughs) but let me say this (laughs) (laughs) the first concert that a being an embryo hears is the concert in the womb. First of all, there's a spirit you come through that lineage. You ask to, you you agree to come. And if we knew the journey, we, we would say no. So that's why we don't know the journey. We just choose the lineage. Right. And so, oh, when that. Hold on one second, doctor. Hold on one second. They come back together and they land in the womb. The spirit evolves into what's known as an egg. So, doctor, doctor, you're breaking up a lot. I don't know if you're breaking up. Yeah. And the egg evolves into what we know as the placenta. Go ahead and take over, and I'll try to assist. Can you hear me, Doctor? Yeah, you just you kept breaking up, and yeah, so, so we just to... want to make sure. Can you hear me? We can now. Yes. The placenta evolves. I mean, the egg evolves into the placenta. 
The first sound is the ocean, the water in the womb. And the first rhythm is the heartbeat. So now you got the male sperm, that's the umbilical cord. And then you have the placenta, which came from the egg. And they talking while they're nurturing this embryo, then child, and then a man or humans become a living soul. And you're born and you prepare for the journey. That's where the concept came of the snake and the apple. Mm. So when you can understand that and understanding that the journey, see the destination isn't gonna change, but destiny does. And that's based on the choices you make. So this is the deeper concept that white people don't understand. Everything has to be explained and quantified and, and all of these things. But I am a root psychologist. Make no mistake about it. I, I teach healing. And, and that's another deep process with the Institute uh, African centered thought. Right. So I'm just putting that out there to say, you know, when we're talking about rhythm, and, and yes, you only, there should only be a conversations like these two or three questions because we ain't even tapped on the Kundalini and what that's about. No, we haven't. We ain't tapped on the soul for real. That's where the healing is. All this external, whitewash stuff to help people understand it is it, spinning. Yeah, you have to get to the root of it. The root of it is what? It is the moon and the sun, the fire and the water that produce planets. It's the eclipse when they meet and have a sexual, a spiritual orgasm and then they give birth to other planets and stars and we are that stardust. We are that stardust. I love that. We are that stardust. That's it. So you broke up. And when we dance, we communicate. You broke up a lot, doctor. And that's all right. For those that was missing some stuff, you can come on the second conversation and get, get more of that information. Um, yes. So Danny, what's the next uh, question? Um, I, it's four nineteen, and I, I I I I extended us to five, but I also am like, people need to sit, and we need to save some for the second conversation. I don't know what the next question is because it is so much running through my head right now. Um, I do want to spend. We didn't even get through a lot of the questions, um, and I knew that we would not. And as the doctor said, like that, we just we we haven't scratched the surface. I would like to open it up. Um, I, to... I think there was a question, uh, what to uh, define whiteness? Yes, we were uh, talking where, about that. Did, is, did we do that already? I'm sorry, I was on my... No, go ahead, if you want to, I know... Um, oh, go ahead, uh, no. Yeah, the doctor did scratch on that. Samaya, so if you want to jump in and talk about that. Um, if you are watching from the audience, if you want to um, ask any questions, please do. 
Um, no, also please be mindful. Yeah, please. Yes, please be mindful of the questions mm -hmm. that you're you're asking. I do not allow for any questions that are violence against Black women bodies. So if you ask a question that's violent, we will not answer that question, and you may be blocked. And if you have to ask yourself, is it a violent question, then you probably should not be answering that question. Um, again, this is not a space for Black people to apologize to white people or to apologize for what they are saying, because this is their truth and this is their experience. So when you open up your questions, if you are a non-Black person, even if you are a Black person, please make sure that you are respectful of the work that these women are doing today um, and that they do throughout their 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 life. So, uh, Samaya, to talk about the whiteness question, did you want to jump into that again? As I, you know, like I said, I want to speak about my experiences um, in the classroom uh, or, or not even in the classroom. I have a lot of things to say. Uh, when whiteness shows up in a sacred space, that means the space has to be sacred before the whiteness shows up. And so it in, whiteness interrupts the healing that is happening. It, inter, it has interrupted mine because when I, when, when I began dancing, you know, I came with a certain sacred space already from my ancestors, from my grandmother, from my grandfather, uh, come from a line of performers, come from a line of writers, come from a line of artists. So I come with a sacred space and then I, it's gonna be expressed in the dance. And when, there, when whiteness shows up, whiteness for me is a centering of an ideology that, and I'll give you an example. I was teaching a class one, one day and my class was full of black and brown people and there were two whites in the class. What we call is white. I like to call them Anglo-Saxon or European. See the whole whiteness thing, the whole white word means I'm not I'm not black until I enter into a white space. I'm not black until I enter into white space. Because then that's a that's an identification that's easy for people to just dismiss. So I'm teaching a class. There's black there's sisters dancing, sisters who want what I have, what I'm sharing. And there's 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 this this presence in the room, it literally centers itself in the middle of those sisters. Centers itself. That's centering because there was, what was I mean? How was I gonna deal with that? That's class. I stopped the class because then it, it was it was offensive and it was oppressive right. and it was to be in a room full of African American women, African women born in America, and centering yourself in the African dance. And I think another thing to set to 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 uh, to tap into is that some of the women go to classes 
and then think that makes them the dancer. <laughs> because they've been in dance class. But they have, that's not learning anything in dance class, that's a class. We sit at the feet of the masters every day, <laughs> dancing three, four times a day to learn, to absorb, to preserve legacy. I didn't go to a dance class and then say, oh, I'm a dancer now that I took 10 classes. Now I'm going to center myself in the middle of all these African women born in America. And I so think I think like whiteness, whiteness changes too. Or how, yes. how it reveals itself and what is uncovered and who is doing the uncovering. Whiteness is not homogenized, it changes. Black people can bring whiteness too. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Black people can bring whiteness and block you off because they, now that's where the conversation with the Africans from the continent come in. See? Because they'll block us off in order to get to the whiteness. And then that's another assault that we have to take. So it's not just the Europeans who are coming with whiteness. A lot of lot of Africans come with the whiteness. But they want that, or that, or that, or that. <laughs> so what are people willing to do and marry the, at, Right. And marry the drama. <laughs> marry the drama. Marry the drama. Who's saying that? <laughs> I mean, whiteness cool. is multidimensional. Mary the right. drama. Mm -hmm. So people, again, I think that people, black and white, <laughs> uh, African and European, need to do some self-determination before they enter into the space. This right. is self-determination. You know, it, it, just do some self-examination. Yes. Ashe. Ashe. I think one of the one of the things that for me what African dance was and is, it's about storytelling. The rhythms tell a story. And that is not something that I quite experienced studying forms of modern dance and studying forms of ballet. And so when when you said somebody like you walk into a class and you are in a class and you think that you're a dancer, for me, African dance is about it's storytelling. You have to be able to understand the story. Yes. And so learning the step, learning this step and that step does not make you a, a, a good dancer. I don't even say dancer. I don't even know what to say. Artist, expressionist. But it was it was clearly about storytelling. Mm -hmm. When I watch uh, Lakima and Makata dance, I understand the story. Yes. The yes. movement does not outweigh the story, or they work hand in hand together. Yes. It's not like I'm trying to perfect this movement. I'm trying to get you to understand my story. Um, Makita, anything that you want to add? I know we're uh, we're going to pull up maybe two questions from the audience members, but Makita, anything that you would like to add? Um, so that last part of the question is, how do I perceive whiteness or the definition of whiteness? Yes. Whiteness is, is actually, it's an attitude, right? It's mm. an attitude. And um, it's, it's, it's relatable to the, to the symbol, symbolization of the, the, the 
you, your people coming from various parts of Europe deciding that we're going to utilize the word white so that we can use it in America for our domination. I mean, that's pretty much what the whole word white come from. Uh, it was a construct or it is a construct. With that, that's what you tap into the most is people's attitude. What do they come in the room with? So there's plenty of times where I recognize that uh, people could be considered white, but their heart is, uh, how can I say, speaking truism in that they're not coming here to take, they're coming here to appreciate and not appropriate. Mm. And they don't have to say it. And this is the thing that I want to be clear about. Everything doesn't have to be said. There's a lot of things that we can feel. All yes. of us are communicating on various levels. Yes. And so it's important to recognize that this is not a linear process in learning mm -hmm. African dance. And then, quote, as uh, my uh, dear sister Queen Somaya said, uh, you, then you just become a dancer, a master kind mm. of thing. Uh, and then, therefore, you're going to be the orchestrator and the navigator and the conductor. Say it then. What? So we have to look at our intentions. Mm -hmm. Your intentions speak mm -hmm. louder than you know. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, right. I mean, the other thing to know is that we, nobody can really take anything from you in that Amen. you are already deserving of it. Amen. Ashe, amen. Right? Mm -hmm. So it, it, in terms of, again, whiteness is an attitude and really in the context of everything that we're experiencing in this moment, need to stand down. Mm. And re right. Because it's affecting the entire planet. And that's the thing that we reflect on. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I wanted I'm to, um, real quick, Danny, I wanted to add yes. to that um, to give another example of how whiteness, what whiteness is. It's, you know, whiteness is this um, superiority. Uh, as my mom said, attitude. It is the notion that one is superior and anything else is inferior. It is the notion that what I know is right. Therefore, I'm white, it's right. Um, it is the um, it is the the telling of, of the telling of what to do and how to do it versus the understanding and learning and acknowledgement that there are many different ways to do things. And just because you have one way, don't make it the right way, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so in another experience that I wanted to share and how trauma comes up in African dance mm -hmm. is that my son was playing drums and my brother was a God gifted drummer. He had his own 
uh, CD at the age of 16. He was traveling both nationally and internationally uh, drumming uh, before his illness. Uh, and so my son also has shown that ability. He was drumming at the age of eight or nine. He was at a master drummer's a master class where we had, uh-oh, my apologies. That's my daughter. I don't even know how to make this thing stop. That's what happens, y'all. Excuse me. Um, we have a master uh, dance instructor who came into Seattle. So my, my son was drumming, and he was doing excellent. He was getting accolades and so forth. And um, after he finished, one of the lead drummers said, go ahead and get some money out of the offering. Uh oh. Oh, so, Lord. Can you all? Yeah, yeah you're back now. You go, you're back. Okay, sorry. Uh, so they, he was told to get some, uh, the money, get, get some money out of the offering plate for the drummers who were playing, right? Um, someone came up to me and said, your son stole money out of the drummer's bin. Right. Mm. That's what whiteness looks like for you to automatically go to the 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 uh, the um, accusation that my black son would steal and then come and, and act on that accusation and that stereotype and that indoctrination of the negative and, and untruthful narrative that black people are thieves. Um, that is traumatizing. That traumatized my son. Um, I had to have mm -hmm. some strong conversations with this particular Caucasian woman. In mm. this, I knew that you reap what you sow. This particular Caucasian woman is married to an African man and going to have a black baby. She has a black baby. So she's going to feel what it's like for your black son to be accused of something that he didn't do and still punished for mm. something that he didn't even do based upon the skin that he is in. That's how whiteness shows up. Violent. And it's unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Right. Thank you for sharing that, Lakima. Um, I'm just, um, we're running close to time. I just want to throw some comments up. This one, Africans born in Africa and Africans born in America have a different experience and understanding of white people. How can we say, um, I would like to say that also white people have that different understanding also. <laughs> so that's all I'm gonna say on that. White, you know, it's it's yeah. White people have that understanding too, and they play that to their advantage. I'm sorry, those people that are socialized as white, mm. so mm. they have that clear understanding also. Mm. So a lot of times, black people in America that were born in the United States—I don't want to say America in that sense because we're talking about the United States here. Um, black people that were born in the United States, when we bring up whiteness, we are always um, made to be the villain because we talk about it, but we don't talk about the fact that white people, they know how to play both sides of the coin also, those that are socialized as white. So I just wanted to bring that to the forefront. Um, and again, these are just my opinions, my thoughts. Um, it does not reflect Central District Forum for Arts and Ideas. It doesn't reflect the panelists. But I think we need to start having that question. All, we need to start questioning those white folks. Like, what is your thoughts on African folks that were born on the continent and African folks that were born in the United States or wherever they were born from? So I just wanted to bring that for the, to the forefront. Um, I don't know if anyone else has any comments on that, but I just thought that was a very interesting comment um, 
that it's always put on black American people to have a better understanding or be more sympathetic to whiteness when white people know exactly what they're doing when they walk into these spaces. Of this question, how do we get back to the place, to the place where we experience the culture of dance to be the forefront of our teaching and learning instead of it being an atmosphere of entertainment instead of entertainment instead of cultural development and communal healing. Very good. How do we get back to those? Very good. Anybody question. want to talk about that? Mm, very good question. Woo, well, I, you know, <laughs> I understand the, the, that you have to know differentiation. Hmm? You have, can you hear me? Yes. You have to know that there is a differentiation first. So a lot of black people who come into the dance don't know that there's a different, I didn't know when I first started dancing. I was just dancing, it, them drums was going on in it. It's something in my body, right? What happened? You have to know, but it wasn't until I went to a professional development uh, conference in Tubab Jalal, which is north of Dakar in Senegal. I went to a professional development conference of international dancers from all over, mostly from Europe. But the but, but blacks uh, born in America were represented there. There were about three of us. There were blacks from the diaspora, Trinidad. But there were a lot of European women who, who were there. So I learned a lot about uh, African dance, how it is in the world at that conference. And one of the one of the facilitators who was Jermaine uh, Cogni, she's very popular in Europe. She's known as the mother of modern African dance. Her name is Jermaine Cogni, and she runs that Ecole de Sab School of Sands into Babjalal in Senegal. So I went there for the professional development conference, and her son, who was Patrick Cogni. Uh, studies the deconstruction of African dance. I was in heaven. The deconstruction of African dance. What is that? Wow. You know. So of course I'm 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 focused. I'm paying attention because I hadn't had that experience here in America. Maybe it's happening at Temple or somewhere where African dance is prominent. But I had never heard that. I knew that in my mind because I used that language the construction of something, the deconstruction of something, and then there's the reconstruction. So when I go to this professional development, the son is teaching, Patrick Ocogni, he has got a 10 year uh, uh, study of the deconstruction of African dance. And it was in one of his lectures that he said um, how African dance from Senegal and Guinea showed up in America, how that showed up. Now, when we started dancing, our teachers were defected from the, 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 the Senegalese Ballet, National Ballet du Senegal. A lot of the teachers, my teachers, were performers in the National Ballet of Senegal. I don't know if they, 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 they tour as much, or the National Ballet of Guinea. So a lot of the dancers that we got here in the US, African women born in America were from those performers who danced professionally all around the world. Now they taught us that on the surface, 
But when you dig deeper into African dance, you know that there is a traditional way, that the, there's a street way, and then there's a performance way. So the traditional way, I didn't know there was a traditional way. That came later. But a lot of people, again, who go to classes think, think okay, this is traditional. This is African dance. And it's, you have to dig deeper. You have to first know that there are those three paths. There's a traditional way with the women in the, in the community do it. There's a street way, the way the new children are coming up and mixing the old way and the new way and the hip hop and the crump and the, they're doing all those kinds. That's the street dance. And then there's the performance. Who, and that's what they put on stage. You have to know that there's a differentiation before you can choose it. And so it, it is more than just going to the class. Uh, that's how, you know, we can talk about religion. You know, as long as you get to God, does it really matter what door you use? So the door that I used was that. The drummers, the community, the sense of community, the, the, the non-judgment, the collective unity. That's how, that was my portal. But once I got in and I began to study as I, as I was supposed to, as anyone who takes this on should, should do, then you realize that there were different levels and different layers of African dance. Just the fact that we say African dance generalizes it all. You yes, have to be yes. specific. We're talking about Congolese dance, we're talking about Senegalese dance, we're talking about Guinea dance, we're talking about uh, Ethiopian dance, we're talking about a Romo dance, we're talking about the Caribbean dance, we're talking about, you know, to see even to just to say African dance makes it right, right. It's a country instead of the continent. Um, I know we have a question up, but I kind of want to go to this because I think this will lead into moving towards the next conversation that will happen in October. And I would like uh, the doctor to, 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 lead us around this thought. Um, someone has asked that you that you all speak on the role of Africans in working towards healing together. That is a whole extra conversation as we know. Um, but I would like to um, at least um, have you all as panelists dip into that. And I think that's a great place to end it, um, to open it up. Again, everybody, thank you for the comments. It was a lot of comments. Uh, thank you for the turnout and viewing this conversation. It was more than what we expected. Um, and that was all spirit. That was, that was literally Yay. all spirit. So thank you all. And, and we're just here to, to open up conversations, to get people talking. Um, someone said earlier in one of the comments that, you know, that we have to have real conversations. And we also know that we have to have brave enough spaces yeah. and safe enough spaces for that to happen. So I hope for the panelists that this was a safe space and a brave space. And for those that are making comments, um, everyone's just working through their experience. But I did want to like jump on this uh, conversation really quick. Uh, doctor, if you can, if I'm tearing my phone up. Uh, doctor, if you can lead us off in this conversation <laughs> with the comments. Thank you, Dan. You're doing yes. a great job. Thank you. To say, I wanted to respond to, I saw two questions of Danny Diallo asked um he he asked about when are we going how do we get to a place of dance african dance that's not entertaining 
but it's a place for healing and learning. And it begins with each and every one of us. We have to understand that. And uh, in terms of the different dances that they're crumping, and like you mentioned, uh, uh, is this Sadia? Did I say it right? Uh, is that that's not new. We've always done that. I mean, mm. we've always had real conversations. It's the people that don't hear us. Uh-oh. And um, I happen to teach it back to the front of our teaching and learning. Instead of it being an atmosphere of entertainment instead of cultural development and communal healing, that begins with us creating economic wealth or pulling our money together to uh, build institutions to train people to teach what those communal healing circles and those things are about um, because every dance is connected to a life event whether it's a storm whether it's a birth whether it's a wedding whether it's a funeral uh, it, it's it's that is what the dance is it's the dance of life and until we can be honest with ourselves in order to be honest with each other about the disunity among us and to continue to talk about what white people do, I don't, you know, white people, uh, uh, I don't even know if we, I would call them white people. I don't. It's a Eurocentric thought process. And we've entertained it for 400 years. Let it be what it is build our own institutions. That's my response. And that's my response to you, mm -hmm. Danny. We have to build them. And, and I try to do that every year with the Ancestral Healing Conference so that we can begin to heal from an ancestral position. And this year is November 14th. You'll get more information on that. That is what we do. And within that is African dance. But is, it a da is the dance a dance? Or is it a ritual of healing? And I'll pass that to Makada Abube. Thank you. Makada is Makada is not around. Um Makima. Well, you are. <laughs> Did you go and you went in another room? I had to. Okay. And, uh, we keep going. So the question that is on the table, Danny. Is it a dance? Is the dance a ritual of healing? The African dance, is it a ritual of healing? And movement, I think she's the one that can speak to that. Oh, it, I have to say in the deepest part of my spirit, that is a, it's a healing uh, modality. Uh, African dance. And yes, we can do it for all of those various reasons, entertainment. Uh, we can do it for exercise. We can do it for many, many reasons. And 
that again is one's attention, one's one's intention and one's attention to how one line themselves up with the with the dance itself. So in saying that, when I started to do African dance, Afro-Haitian dance was my first experience in Oakland, California. When I first heard those drums, and they was playing those kungas, and we started making that movement happen, I knew then, I was like, yes, this is it. And from there, I mean, it just grew in my, my, in my, in my solar plexus, if you will, mm -hmm. and just became mm -hmm. all of, all of who I am in all parts of my movement. And then I continue on with the dance and then move to Seattle and so forth. When I recognize, yes, you can perform. What I recognize is that, oh, this is good for my body. And then I'm now capable of performing. Yes, that was wonderful. I performed with some of the best people and some of the most, most beautiful spirits. But what mm -hmm. I recognize is ultimately I dance every day. I do my best dancing at home and there's nobody there. Just me and the mirror. You know? So what I recognize is that for me, it's all about healing. So the offer is great in the dance. Yes. I definitely want to um, start to wrap the conversation up. Um, so we've had a bunch of beautiful questions and we've had someone uh, that particularly struck me to said, next conversation, can we dig deeper to talk about money, access, uh, mm -hmm. sexualization, and all of those things? Mm -hmm. Right now, you see our email address, info at cdform.com.org, not .com, .org. If you have a question for the next conversation and you want to dig deeper, then you as an audience member, send us those questions and and I will compile that list of questions. So, and me and Lakina will go through those and move through those. Um, so the next conversation, these will be all of your generated questions because we were not able to get through anything and plus some other questions that we have. And again, uh, a lot of the panelists will be joining us for the October conversation, which I should know the date of that. I'm going to repurse that. October really 17th. Can I do a little bit? Can I have a little Seventeen. Thank you. October 17th. Um, and so please, uh, again, send us questions. I know uh, um, some of you have asked, how can the women, how can you donate to the women? I will allow the panelists to say how you can donate directly to them. Um, if not, send us an email and we will do our best to get you in contact with the panelists. Um, so yes, pay them for their labor. Oh, and their that's work. kind of them. Can I put in a little plug before we disconnect? Yeah. Uh, well, gonna be before you put in a plug, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it this way because I'm going to give everybody a chance to plug and to, <laughs> and to talk and to say their thing. Oh, I want to make sure right. we get all the information. All right. <laughs> so another one of my favorite questions to end conversations um, mm -hmm. is this. What is your joy? So as you're saying, what is your joy? Please plug what, because we're going to end on some black joy also. <laughs> we talked a lot of a lot about back black pain and healing and all of that stuff. 
But um, I want to talk about what is your joy and also if how people can get in contact with you if you have a website or something like that. And also if you have anything that you want to like get people to come to, to support, so that. So, Lakima, we're going to end last with you. But uh, Samaya, you were ready, so we're going to start with you. What is your oh, joy? No. I, don't, I think I've, I've spoken well. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, what is black joy? That what is your joy? What is your joy? Oh, my gosh. Just uh, life <laughs> and living and, and seeking and finding and expressing and drumming, you know, and grounding and rooting. Uh, this is my joy. Uh, the sun is my joy. Uh, my, my Being a mother is my joy. Being a sister is my joy. Being a daughter is my joy. Um, being a dancer is the ultimate joy. Um, so I have many levels uh, and many dimensions of joy. And it just kind of depends on <laughs> where I'm at and where I'm expressing it and who I'm expressing it to. Um, I, I, my, my, my joy is with me always. It's what's happening outside of me. Does it, is it, it, does it complement my joy or does it try to oppress my joy? But I am joyful always, uh, just with life. I'll be doing some classes with the organization Gathering Roots. Um, hey. That's gonna come up on, I think Mary Imani is doing some yoga with them right now. And I'll start on the 17th. I think it's the 17th of September. They'll be on Zoom um, and we'll take you through the fall. Um, I'll have drummers and, and uh, also I start a, some dance classes at Judkins. This will be outside, social distancing, masks, I guess. I don't know about the mask. I won't be dancing with masks on. Um, that will start, uh, one starts on Saturday and the other starts on Tuesday, the week of, of the 17th. And, and so, how can people get in contact with you to get uh, the information? You can, just, you can either call me or email me. Um, I'm at Sumaya, S-U-M-A-Y-Y-A-D as in David, Joe, uh, five at gmail.com. So that's Sumaya D five at gmail and i'll get you some information about that thank you for having me then thank you and thank you thank you, so thank, you. thank you thank you yes okay thank you uh let's move on to the beautiful doctor oh that's that's um thank you. one a that's one a and two y's on my one a and two y's on my email Thank you, Samaya. Mm -hmm. Are you there, doctor? Uh oh. Did you freeze? Okay. There you are. Here I am. So, uh, we're doing a lot of things. We're going to have ancestral healing circles mid October uh, for people in various areas. Areas of uh, what we're experiencing. My joy is that uh, first and foremost to breathe. It's my joy, and uh, life is my joy, and I love it at this stage in my life. My children, my daughters, who are just outstanding young know, black women, my granddaughters, who 
another generation of outstanding black women and my great granddaughters who are also sprouting up in a ways that just amaze me. I am so blessed and so loving life at this stage in my life that um, it's beautiful. And when I look at us across the board, what I see is this is now the right period or era, the opportunity for us to unite and rise. And that gives me joy. I'm beyond the hope. It's about joy. It's about us getting together and doing this thing called love. Mm. That's my joy. Now with that, you can go to the website that's listed there, IACTNOW0119.com and learn more about the Institute, what I do. Um, last year's conference is there, which will soon be updated for the conference coming up November 14th in Seattle, Washington. Uh, some of those speakers is Dr. Ray Winbush, Dr. Bruce Bynum, Nikki Giovanni, and um, maybe Michelle Alexander. And the theme is um, an interesting one that I will hold, but it is about, <laughs> I, I will say this is soul intimacy. It's um, elevate, elevating soul intimacy. And um, I'll talk more about that later on, but that's it for me right now. And I, I'm so grateful and honored to be here that I send out good vibrations and love to each and every one of you. Stay safe and stay prayed up. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. What's your thank you, Danny? Um, I want to first start off and say I am just so honored to be on this panel that I love each and every one of you all. And thank you for bringing all your brilliance onto this platform. Um, my joy is connections. Mm. My joy is love. My joy is peace. Mm. My joy is the absolute uh, knowingness that we are great people and we come to the world to make it a better place. And my joy is my lineage, my wonderful children I've been blessed with. Mm. and their work. The continuation of life itself is very, very joyful. I am joyful that we not only survive, we thrive through all situations, circumstances, and conditions. And my highest joy is that of love. Mm. So again, I want to thank every all of the audiences that we may not can't see but feel and that yeah. giving everyone peace and love and that we all have access to, to, to the deeper, more expansive 
love that's available to us. And I say, Ashe. 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 Kima, what's your joy? And you have anything coming up? And how can people get in contact with you? Yes. So my my joy is my spirituality, my connection with the Most High. Um, it illuminates through everything that I do. Um, my joy is my children, um, and my joy is is our community, and ensuring that our future generations not only receive this earth better than which I left it. Uh, but with an understanding and connection to the roots that I was not so blessed to have in the beginning. Mm. Those are my joys. Um, the You can reach me at masterofmythoughts at msn.com. That's masterofmythoughts at msn.com. Uh, my business is the Skin I'm In LLC. And the next thing that we're doing with collaboration with CD Forum, Mr. Danny's Critical, uh, intimate conversations uh, is October 17th at three o'clock Pacific. We will have Moisi Congo, uh, daughter of Malanga Cascade. Uh, Congolese, we also have Queen Regina on the conversation as well. We're excited to have them uh, be here in um, on October 17th, in addition with uh, these three panelists that you were able to experience today. Uh, so those things are coming up. Uh, right now and, and looking forward to doing some other pieces. Uh, I normally do, this is in lieu, this com these series of conversations are in lieu of the African Village experience that we hold here in Seattle is normally the last week of July where we bring in master uh, dance instructors uh, through representing the diaspora from Guinea to Senegal to um, Congolese as well. Um, and that happens in the park uh, Monday through Friday, and it goes from 5 to 8 p.m. Because of COVID, uh, we have taken this uh, part of the, the African Village experience and brought it online. Uh, I want to give a shout out and thanks to the Office of Arts and Culture, as well as the Department of Seattle, Seattle Department of Parks and Recreation for allowing us to be able to have some funds to be able to put this on. So I thank you all. I hope that you have been touched in a way that is beautiful, uh, in a way that awakens you to your elevation, um, in a way that will bring us more united and connected, in a way to understand where your privilege stands, where it lies, where appropriation can happen, where we need to move to appreciation and humble thyself so that connection continue to go forward for the generations that do so need it. Ashe. Ashe, thank you, Lakima. Thank you for your work in the community. Yes. Thank you. Um, thank you. That's it, you all. Um, again, if you have questions for the next conversation, please email us at info at cdform.org. Um, to our panelists, um, and our my co-moderator, Lakima, um, y'all know I can't hold it together. So I'm just not. Oh, um, oh please God say, oh, oh, virtual hug, virtual love, virtual love. Speak victory over us. I am never lacking powerful yes, black women in my life. Thank you. Thank you for all wow. Even when the women in my family are no longer on this earth, 
the ancestors, the spirits make sure that I am surrounded by powerful Thank black you. women. So I am thankful. Oh, um, no one understands how hard this is to do these mm. things. Um, but I was called to do something. Mm. And I cannot let my ancestors doubt. Lakima, thank you for opening this door for me. Um, I feel inspired. I feel held. I feel loved. I am glad that I am able to support you, my sister. I am able to... Mm. I'm happy to be able to support these powerful Black women and to stand with them and not try to overpower who they are. And that is important for us to start to understand as people. Um, my queer identity does not mean that I cannot um, be a misogynist. My Black identity does not mean that I cannot be anti-Black. So I hold all these things and I understand that I still have work to do. And when I'm surrounded by black women such as you all, I understand that I have to dig deeper within myself. I hope other people in this world that's listening to this conversation can just dig deeper. That's it. It is not about anything. What they said is not about them. It's about you understanding who you are. So I, I thank you all so much for bringing your truth and your honesty. I look forward to the next conversation. Um, please hit us up at CD Forum. <laughs> thank you. I'm a big crybaby. I know I'm a big crybaby, but that is okay. I'm not apologizing for it. But um, well, word I, has sound and sound has power. And if see? we see what we need into the universe, including the healing, then look. <laughs> you're, Danny, you're cleansing. You're cleansing. Yes. When the clouds, when the clouds rain, it's cleansing the earth. Okay. So even Ooh. the trees' leaves go like this, and then all praises go up. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you you're all. Good. We will. Uh, I I just have so much love for y'all. Just like that. Um, I hope you all surround yourselves by some powerful black women because I do, and it's beautiful. <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> this COVID um, is crazy. Yes, yes. and Everyone we will talk to y'all later. Y'all have a good night. We are about to end this broadcast because we could probably be here for another few hours, but we need to end this so we can all eat and go to sleep and do all those things. <laughs> so... <laughs> Good night, everybody. We will see y'all October 17th, right, Lakima? Mm, okay. That's right, 3 o'clock. Okay. <laughs> Thank, yeah. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 I love you. I love, love you all. I love you, Kima. Stay on. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.